Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. And now, live from 670 The Score and on the Odyssey app, it's Gabe Ramirez. Everything will be great in life. Life's not always a bunch of highs. You got to anticipate that low that's going to come. And life isn't always lows. When you're down and out, you got to know that those highs are coming. So understanding that there are highs and lows in football keeps you even keeled so that that way you can perform at the highest level. 670 The Score senior NFL insider. Hub Arkish on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Being a hippie seemed like a pretty good idea, but uh, other things happened. Cesar Perez got me out here. Not only dancing house music, but got me hyped up for this intro. Let's go! Is this how we're doing hump day? That's what I'm talking about. It's Gabe Ramirez, Hub Arkish. We are live and local broadcasting from the Score Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Hub, I would like to think that at some point in your life, you've heard some Chicago house music at a party and you've danced a time or two. <laughs> uh, I've heard it. I'm not sure if people would call what I do dancing, but uh, you know, we've given it a shot. I would say that. Hub, you're on with me today, and so you got to. We, I, I know that when I invite you to a party of mine. You're going to hit the floor with your famous two-step. We got Hub Arkish, Gabe Ramirez, 670 to score. Hub, I just, I, I, like the rest of the people that are listening to the score right now, are extremely interested in your take on Roquan Smith. Now, we have some audio from Ryan Poles that we'll be playing, some audio from Darnell Mooney that we'll be playing that we can react to. But initially, in the first minutes of this show, I'm just curious as to what your thoughts are on the idea. Do you feel like Roquan is positioning himself for a better contract from the Chicago Bears, or do you genuinely feel as though he wants to remove himself from this organization? No, Gabe, I've never gotten the sense that he wants out of Chicago, and he has said exactly the opposite from the jump. 
even yesterday in, in what I think proved to be pretty poorly worded statements uh, in terms of trying to advance the negotiations, uh, he still tried to make the point, you know, that this is where he wants to be and he wish he could. He's now saying he doesn't see a way that he can and blaming uh, the new regime for that. So, you know, you factor all that in. But at the end of the day, no, I don't think he ever was trying to get out of Chicago. I don't even know that he's still even now saying that he's hurt, wants to get out of Chicago because he clearly went out of his way to leave the door open by inviting the McCaskies in. Now, that's not going to happen. Uh, that, that just shows kind of his naivete about how he's gotten to where he's at right now. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't think he wants to go. I think he's just trying to get the best contract he can and, and, and the money that he hopes to get. And, uh, you know, I always try to be careful with this because we talk about it. We offer opinions. But none of us have seen the offers on the table. Mm. And in fact, we have not heard a word from the Chicago Bears about it. We have one side of this story. And I've never seen a contract negotiation, either amicable or adversarial, where both sides told the same story about what was on the table. So, you know, without knowing exactly where that is, we certainly know that, you know, Roquan's not happy with what the last offer is. And, and, you know, my take in general is I think that he's probably making a very serious mistake by trying to do this without professional representation. I hope I'm wrong. Hope hope that doesn't turn out to end up costing him. But uh, based on the way things have gone the last 24, 36 hours, I'm not sure if there's another way to look at it. He's Hub Arkish. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score. And I I have to be honest, I, I, I... And you know what, Hub? I mentioned this earlier on a couple of the shows that I was on. I've been doing radio for 14 years now, and I don't have representation either. I represent myself. So when I hear about Roquan representing himself, I think about issues that I've faced in the last 14 years where the talent, and I feel like it's no different in the NFL, they are not ready and willing to read the actual contract. They are not ready and willing to just, you know, go a little bit further in the process. And I feel like Roquan is the same way that I am. And so for him to come out and to quote Roquan, the new front office regime doesn't value me here. That is, I mean, you can say that we hope that it, you know, the, the fact that he doesn't have representation doesn't affect him, but, but that's a strong statement. That's one that, a, that an agent would make. He wants value from the team that he's on. And so I, so I side with him somewhat, but I also agree with you in that the same way that Robert Quinn may, basically made his statement like, hey, I do not want, I, didn't, I don't want to leave the Chicago Bears. I love this franchise. I love that Roquan Smith is doing that. Um, how do you feel? I mean, obviously he's unhappy with what he's received so far, but how do you feel about the way that the Bears have handled the situation up to this very moment? Well, I thought they were doing it really well until yesterday, to be honest with you. You know, I mean, bringing them in, putting them on the pup list, even though there obviously was never really any injury, uh, just to remove any pressure, you know, to, to make quick decisions or perform immediately. Uh, there is some debate right now, and I've been trying to work on that. That kind of uh, got taken right up to our on-air time trying to figure it out as to whether the pup designation impacts their ability to find him or not. But at the end of the day, I can tell you that if he does, now that he's 
days off, pup refused to work, they're going to have the option of finding them one way or the other, and then it can start to get kind of expensive and really acrimonious. So um, I think the bears, at least in how they were handling the situation publicly, were showing tremendous respect. Now, to me, what was even you know more damning than, than the idea that, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry, guys, the sneeze comes. <laughs> I just don't know what to do with it. Um, I, I think that, uh, you know, the way they were handling it publicly w w was fine. But what was even more damning in, in Roquan's statements yesterday uh, than saying, you know, they're not showing him respect is that, it, you know, he said they were trying to take advantage of him. Now, I, I just I, I don't believe that. I mean, this is a business decision. This is a contract negotiation. People need to realize it is Ryan Pohl's job to sign him as inexpensively as possible. Sure. You know, that that's the way this works. And, and so this is where, again, you cannot let this get personal. And, and uh, I think what happened yesterday is obviously it got a little personal with Roquan. And so that's that's where the trouble could be now. Now, can he take a step back from that really quickly? Is he going to show up and go out and practice tomorrow now that he's off the pup list? Uh, you know, th this is now kind of advancing rapidly, and we're going to find out a lot more tomorrow about how he's going to handle this because they've thrown the ball back in his court. Hub, it's unreal. You're, you know, we're we're less than a, or excuse me, a week or less than a week away from the first preseason game, and you'd you'd love for the new regime to have all their ducks in a row, and here we are dealing with two of the most important pieces of the Chicago Bear defense and Robert Quinn and, and Roquan Smith. And it just, I don't know, how should fans feel? I mean, right? Because you know me, you know me, Hub. I go from the fans' perspective, and I'm not sure how to feel, but I'd love to hear your perspective on how a fan should feel about this. Well, you know, Gabe, I, I think we have to be honest about it in saying that, you know, Ryan Poles is a rookie. Matt Eberflus is a rookie. Uh, there was always going to be a period of adjustment. Uh, but early on, uh, you know, Ryan Poles has obviously, you know, had some rookie stumbles. I'm not even going to call them mistakes. You know, again, we're, we're, we eventually always learn everything that went on. But you go all the way back to the failed Larry Ogunjobi signing. Uh, you know, I think we talked about this the other night, the, the three new free agents all having off the field legal issues not that that's his fault not that he could have predicted any of it but it's just a really bad look and then you get to misreading the Roquan situation you know I, I it looked like from talking to Roquan and I didn't realize I went back and checked and as far as any actual media interviews Roquan had not spoken since just before the draft uh, it just seems because we talked to him a lot that we must have talked to him during OTAs or minicamp when he was there but he didn't talk and, and, and so, you know, I think we all misread this a little bit. I think we all got caught off guard uh, by what Roquan did yesterday. And you have to wonder, would a seasoned GM have been more prepared for that? Could mm. they have nipped that in the bud? You know, I don't know. Uh, it's uh, um, So, you know, best case, it's a rough start. Uh, I, I think that's more than fair. Uh, but he's a rookie, you know, and, and, and rookies have rough starts. So I wouldn't be, you know, negative about it. I, I wouldn't, you know, be ready to jump off the bandwagon quite yet. Uh, but I think it's more than fair to, to be a little concerned. Uh, you wish that he had gotten off to a smoother, uh, you know, uh, less controversial start in, in several areas. He's Hub Arkish. I'm Gabe Ramirez right here on 670 The Score. You bring up some great points. I mean, we've all been there before where we've started a new job, whether it be in a management position or just one where you're stepping in trying to do the best job possible. And 
in those moments, you really are. If you're Ryan Pace, excuse me, if you are Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus, you really are trying to sign these guys to the lowest contract possible. But you also can make a statement. You also can acknowledge the work that has been put forth by the linebacker himself and reward that in the form of a contract. And I understand you are a rookie and there are missteps to be made. I, however, feel as though this one in particular is the one that you cannot and should not have messed up. I feel like with a guy like Roquan Smith-Hub, that's not the guy you want to test the waters on. That is not a guy you want to feel out or as you step into that new position, then say, this is where I want to make my mark. Not on a Roquan, not on Roquan Smith, hub, on somebody else. Do it on Danny Trevathan. That's how, that felt right to me. Hey, you know what? He didn't necessarily live up to the contract. This is a guy I don't mind parting ways with. But Roquan Smith, every single person that looks at him can say, this is the guy that we want on the Chicago Bears. See, Gabe, that's where it gets really interesting is, is that you're making an assumption there that, and I'm not saying you're wrong. but, but No, no, it, this is my Homer it, heart. It's okay. My Homer yeah, heart no, is no, often no, wrong. I, 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 I would say if I thought you were wrong. I don't know that you're right or wrong. All I'm saying is that the, the, the dangerous assumption is that, that that is a fact, you know, that the best thing for this football team is to make Roquan Smith either the highest paid or one of the two or three highest paid linebackers in football. And, and I think where Ryan Poles went wrong here is that he thought, you know, as just coming in and evaluating the roster, that he would get a little time to watch him at least in the preseason, maybe even a couple games into the season, and then make the decision as to whether they're going to pay him or not. Because at the end of the day, there, there's no way that they're a better team without Cleo Mack. And there's no way that they got fair value in return, but they created a bunch of cap space. And, 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 you know, people understood that that was part of the job, taking over, you know, redoing the foundation. Well, what you're talking about here, the deal that Roquan wants is going to take up most of that cap space, not all of it, but a big chunk of what you created by getting rid of Khalil Mack. And that may not be in the best interest of having a contending team two or three years down the road. Uh, you know, I, I think the one thing, that is hard for Bears fans to hear. I love Roquan Smith. I, I think he is a, a, a great football player, more than deserving of his two second-team All-Pro honors. Uh, I thought that this year he should have been first-team All-Pro, but the reality is that, that he has not been, and he does not have quite the accomplishment, resume, or statistics that, that a, a Shaq Leonard or a Fred Warner want, and, and yet he wants as much or more money and it's Ryan Pohl's job to, to make that evaluation. So, you know, we're all kind of going on the assumption that the one guy they weren't going to let get away was Roquan Smith. But I think that, you know, Ryan Poles was given the mandate, go ahead, tear it down to the studs and rebuild it. And that includes evaluating whether making Roquan Smith both the financial and performance, you know, anchor of your defense is the best way to get to a Super Bowl. And I don't think he's saying that it's not. I think he just thought he was going to get a little more time to evaluate that, and he didn't. You know, And, and maybe he did misread that. Maybe he should have known better. Uh, but, but there's plenty of you know missteps on both sides that have brought us to this kind of mess that we're in right now. It is tough to make those evaluations in real time, Hub. It is tough because the whole 
country, essentially, especially Chicago, is watching you as you have to make those contract negotiations with Roquan and him feeling as though he's more valuable than what Poles and Eberflus are putting on him in the present. But listen, we got more. I could talk to Hub for three hours. That's exactly what I'm going to do. I got Hub Arkers all the way till 9 o'clock. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score. But before we get back to Hub, let's go ahead and talk some gambling real quick. Joe Ostrosti, one of my favorite dudes in the entire world. The segment is brought to you by BetMGM. He's going to jump on right now. Joe, you there, bro? Are you there? Do I, do I have you right now? Gabe? Oh, my god. I'm goodness. here, Gabe. It's like my heart pitter patters. <laughs> my heart pitter patters when I get you on the show, man. Um, I know I got to get you out of here quick because you got 72 other kids to coach right now. Um, Sox are coming up in a second. They split yesterday with the yeah. doubleheader. It would have been great if Lance Lynn would have got that victory. He sounded pissed. Game three, as it just was like, they're going to win one of these two games. We know this because the Sox split. That's what they do. Do you have uh-huh. an idea as to which one you feel they're going to win? Well, they should have a chance, right? It's not the series opener. They've lost eight of their last ten series opener, and that continued yesterday in game number one. Uh, White Sox minus 140 favorites tonight against the Royals. The total is eight and a half. And uh, the good news for Sox fans is you got Johnny Cueto on the bump, who's been your second most reliable starter this season. You know, Gabe, when you look at his run here with the Sox, he's given up more than three earned runs only one time mm. of his 14 starts. Now, on the flip side, you've got Chris Bubich, a uh, a poor season for him with Kansas City. His ERA is north of five, doesn't have a very high strikeout rate. But uh, what I did notice that's pretty interesting about Bubich is, obviously, in the division, he's got some experience, and he has some success against the White Sox. The Sox, last 83 at-bats, only hitting 145 against him. So mm. listen to this. Aloy, 0 for 14 against Bubich. Abreu, 2 for 16. Mancata, 0 for 10. So uh, like yesterday in both of those games, I'm thinking maybe runs might be hard to come by. I, I would look at the uh, under 8.5 in this matchup. I love the under because if you're looking at his season, Chris Bubich, he's only given up over four runs three times on the year. And so to me, when you're looking at a Sox team that's been struggling offensively, geez, oh, my God, I wish I could change that myself. Um, so I, I love the under on that one. And I would stay away from either team on the money line just because – you just never know what's going to happen with the White Sox. Um, there are uh-huh. two uh, NFL preseason games tomorrow. Of course, last week the Hall of Fame game was – I watched all four quarters. I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm sick. I'm disgusting. I bet yeah, the so under. I. <laughs> I know. I bet the under. I lost money on it. But we got some preseason games coming up. First of all, I want to know what's your take on betting preseason, and then do you have any bets that I should actually be winning some money on? You know, I, I know there's some people on the Kennedy right now that are rolling their eyes at us. Like, you guys have But, but no, 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 Joe. There's also yes. people that are like, hell yeah. Tell me what's a bet right now, you know? Well, yes, there are. And I'll tell you, the, the guys that do this for a living, the professionals, some of them actually bet more on the preseason than the regular season because oh, they think the books won't adjust properly. And I think there's a case to be made. During the regular season, when the coaches speak, We've got to ignore a lot of that because they're lying most of the time. <laughs> At least in the preseason, they're telling us, hey, our starters are going to go one or two series. Uh, some push it a little bit. Our starters are going to go a full quarter at least. Uh, Ibraflus is on record a week ago. He said, you know, Fields is going to start. Uh, we're going to have some of our other guys going for, for a good bit here. So, 
they're giving you some intel on that. And I, I think both matchups tomorrow are actually pretty interesting for NFL fans. Uh, we've got the Giants and the Patriots going at it. The Patriots opened up as the favorite, and now the Giants are favored by three. I, I think that move was based on all these negative reports about the Patriots' offense and how that offensive line is looking thus far in camp. Uh, interesting because you've got Belichick very successful over the years in the preseason. He seems to take it seriously, so he's got that. And then on the other side, you've got a rookie head coach and Brian Dayball, a, a guy that I trust and I think is a to put up points, very good hire. What's that? To put up points. To put up points, exactly. And, and the other game that we have, Gabe, Tennessee-Baltimore. John Harbaugh is the biggest story in preseason betting. And the number's three and a half because John Harbaugh has won 20 straight games in the preseason. He has not lost since 2015. He does everything he can to win these games. So, I, you know, it, it's these low totals, 31, 32. So low. So it's tough for me to lay more than a field goal. But I, I just say this. Everybody's going to be betting on Baltimore tomorrow. Everybody. Because they're going for their 21st straight uh, victory in that one. I, I would take a – man, the Giants now laying three. It makes me want to look on the New England side. No. Getting, no. I, Mac Jones saying. is not going to play. They have no second stringer. It's going to be Giants in the – it's going to be Giants in the over. This is the parlay. The okay. I'm taking over Joe's segment. Giants Go in ahead. the over. Gi- Giants in the over. Ravens and the – under it's gonna be like twenty. Ravens. It's gonna be like twenty-one to ten. See, I think Vrabel wants to end this streak. No, he <laughs> I think care they don't like each other. And Vrabel wants much. to end this. Oh my god, I cannot no. wait to continue. I love talking it's football. Funny. All right, last one. The Bears okay. game obviously uh, Saturday. They take on the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't yeah. even want to bet the game because you just never know what's gonna happen there. How about like some player props? Any player props yeah. there for the Bears game? Uh, not for the game. Here's when I was looking for the season, which I find interesting. Okay. want to get your reaction. Uh, talk to some uh, pretty sharp bettors who have hit this number, and it keeps dropping a little bit. I think, you know, by the time we get to the start of the season, it's going to be a, a lower number another month from now. So if you shop around, you can find David Montgomery rushing yards on the season as high as 9.15.5. Okay, that's a lot, though. Isn't it? That's my point. I think you've got to play the under. We we keep hearing about the amount of run that Herbert's going to get, Ebner, all the issues on the offensive line, and then you think game script, if they are going to have as poor of a season as many of ex- us expect, they're going to be trailing by a few scores in the second sure. half. So how many touches is Montgomery going to get in the backfield? Just strictly talking rushing yards. Uh, Gabe, I'm thinking that you have to play the under Montgomery yards. Some sites have already have it down to like 825, but oh, wow. uh, I do see some at 915. I think that's got to be an underplay. Okay, I would never bet that though because I, that would be me crapping on on my my guy David Montgomery. But but if you're listening, Joe and I both agree that you should probably yes. bet the under on that player prop. Joe, love hanging out with you. Love when you make me some money. So I appreciate you jumping <laughs> on tonight. All right. Thanks, Gabe. Uh, good luck to your socks tonight. Enjoy the football tomorrow. Of course, Joe Ostrowski brought to you by BetMGM. Joining us here on 670 The Score, I'm Gabe Ramirez. I got Hub Arkish all the way till 9 o'clock, and we didn't get a chance to really dissect what Ryan Poles said about Roquan and the issue that he's being faced with right now as a rookie GM. And Darnell Mooney, the ace of the receiving group, had some thoughts on him as well. We'll give you both of those on the other side. I'm Gabe Ramirez. 
He's Hub Arkish. This is 670 The Score. Gabe Ramirez, Hub Arkish on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. That's right. We are live and local. And I feel like this is a great collaboration. Hub has his head on right. He's a straight thinker. I'm the delusional Bear fan. That's why we're a great pairing right now on 670 to score. Hub, people have been texting in on the tech zone brought to you by Rose and Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time, shop online at rosenhyundai.com. So I want to get to a couple of these, and please feel free to send your questions in as well. You know, obviously we're spending the majority of this first hour on the Roquan Smith issue because it's a big one. I mean, obviously he's a guy that most Bears fans have can pinpoint and say, this is a guy who was a good, you know, we, we're, we're, we are, we as Bears fans are familiar with the linebacking group. We, 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 we yearn for good linebackers. So we see Roquan, we see what he can do. And we're going to spend the majority of the hour on that. But there, there are some questions that are coming in. It's one of them from the 815. It says, Hub, what would you think of a straight up trade for Andre Dillard? First round possible left tackle of the future. He simply got beat out by a huge Aussie in Philadelphia. This is from Andy, the Eagles fan. Any any thoughts on Andre Dillard and what he could bring to the Chicago Bears? Well, I mean, Andre Dillard was a nice prospect coming out of school. Um, but as you point out, he got beat out by a rugby player, an Australian <laughs> rules you know, football player right. uh, who, who's become a pretty good tackle. Um, but, it, but it doesn't necessarily speak all that well uh, to what Dillard has shown the Eagles. Even beyond that, though, he was nowhere near the prospect coming out of school that Roquan Smith was coming out of Georgia. So um, I think certainly a deal that involved him could be interesting, depending on what they think of Braxton Jones. And uh, they seemed interested in getting a look at Larry Borum at left tackle, and at one time even Tevin Jenkins, even though I don't see that. Um, so, uh, you know, every position on the Bears could be improved right now, and, and Dillard would be a better prospect where he's still coming out of school than anybody else the Bears have at that left tackle spot, but he's not that anymore. So, you know, I suppose if you want to put together a package that might include him, sure, but the idea that that would be a straight-up deal, not even close. No, Roquan is worth quite a bit more than that. Yeah, it would be tough to kind of agree to something like that. Another text from the 361, I don't even know where the hell that is. It says, um, it says uh, the fact that Roquan is coming into the grips of everything. It says Roquan not having an agent complicates things. I, of course, I mentioned it earlier, have no issue with it. It seems as though from a player's perspective, the fact that he's held out before, the fact that he's holding out now to get what he feels is top dollar, do you like where does him not having an agent in your mind complicate things? Again, this coming from the three six one. I think it absolutely complicates things. I, I don't, I'm not, again, saying right or wrong. He has that right. Uh, interestingly enough, with his first contract with the holdout, he did have an agent, and, and they were really arguing over language in the contract, uh, not really, uh, not at all about money, and, and it was language that wasn't going to be all that relevant. Nonetheless, they worked it out. He then let that person go, and, and to our knowledge, has not had representation since. Uh, the problem that you get into is exactly what happened yesterday 
and that Roquan finally heard or, or saw something that he took personally. And this is not personal. You know, this has to be business. And anybody who's ever been involved in any kind of high-stakes financial negotiation, and in this case, we're talking about somewhere between 80 and $100 million, knows, you know, that you're going to hear things that you don't like. You're going to be accused of things. There's going to be back and forth. There's going to be, you know, up and down. And, and to say, well, they insulted me. And so now I want to leave, <laughs> right. you know, that that's just not professional. You know, that that's not how this gets done. And Gabe, it's, it's interesting. I find myself in a strange place here because I'm not a big fan of sports agents in general. Uh, there are some great ones out there, <laughs> right. but they're also, unfortunately, in this case, it is the majority who probably are not that great themselves. But go get one of the good ones because, you know, this is... This is the chance that very few players get at generational wealth. You know, this is that first-round rookie now doing that all-important second contract. And um, I just wrote about this today. I mean, the collective bargaining agreement is 476 pages. The, the salary cap has more nuance in it than anything you've ever seen. Every single team has a highly paid capologist and even some assistance for them just to make sure they understand it and how to best structure and fit every contract they do under the cap. I, I, I'm sure Roquan has been studying it a bit, and he's a very bright guy, you know, and, and he can probably handle some of this, but there's no way that he's not in over his head in these negotiations with the people he's negotiating with. So, um, you know, I, I was looking up some history of it. There, there's a handful of players that have done their own deals in recent years. Uh, you know, a couple guys like DeAndre Hopkins, Laramie Tunsil, um, actually did pretty good deals for themselves, you know, and they got it done. Then you look at Richard Sherman and Russell Okong, who who a lot of people believe left a lot of money on the table trying to do it themselves. But you can count these guys on two hands. I mean, it's less than 1% of the league that is unrepresented. And I think that in itself says something about whether or not it's a good idea. Yeah, he's Hub Arkish. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 to score. And I, and I totally understand that because I guess I guess at this level, Hub, the amount of money that you're really talking about, 10% shouldn't be an issue, right? It's not like he's some mid-level kind of linebacker searching for a, a contract that he shouldn't be offered. He's a guy that's, you know, top 10 linebacker in the league. And if you get a good agent, he should be able to secure the proper amount of money that you're looking to get without dealing with a lot of the, the, the hurdles that you're dealing with in the present and taking you away from football operations. Here's some more texts that are coming in. This is for you, Hub. It says, this is from the 408, and we did know that the 361 is Corpus Christi, Texas. From the 408, it says, Hub, how much of a complete rebuild will this year be? Because if the Bears win seven or eight, seven or eight games, that's, that's good, but are we looking at a five-win team right now? Well, you know, we got the first exhibition game Saturday. We'll know a lot more when these guys play football for real. You know, not that I love exhibition games, but you do get to see things that you don't see in practice, and it'll get even more real on the road in the second and third game. So um, I'm just not big on, on trying to predict records, you know, not only before we've seen this team play football, but we haven't seen any of their opponents either, and we know how much these teams change uh, from year to year in the NFL these days. But, you know, so as to not completely cop out, I, I've talked about this on the air on occasion, uh, I believe the total for the Bears in Vegas is at six and a half games. The, the, the bet that they, you know, will win less or more than six and a half. 
and it sure feels like the under to me. You know, you know I, I don't, I'm hard pressed looking at the talent on this football team, where they're at in their development, and some of the teams that I know are going to be really tough outs and finding seven games that the Bears are going to win. You, you know, I, I, uh, now. I, Let they, me stop you, Hub. Let me stop you yeah. because you know me. I'm, I'm the Homer guy, right? And I've looked mm-hmm. at the schedule and, and I, I, I just it breaks my heart to think about the under because the Bears won six last year with all the issues that people have pointed out. And here we are with a supposed better defense, a supposed Justin Fields that is not going to be great, but should take take at least a step forward. So I guess I, I want to I just want to hear your opinion as to as to why you feel like it'll be under. Well, here's the problem, Gabe, and this is where the, the completely false narrative comes in again that. You know, all the haters want to assume that everything that was wrong with the Bears was Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, and that's just not true. Uh, and I'm not defending them. They they deserve to be fired. They they got to that point in their careers, even though uh, Nagy was fired with a surprisingly strong record for a guy who loses his first job. And he's a classic candidate for somebody who could, you know, uh, rebuild his reputation in Kansas City and elsewhere and get a second chance. But at the end of the day, the idea that they were the whole problem and now this is a better team is ridiculous. In fact, that team that won six games last year is now without James Daniels. It is now without Allen Robinson. It's without Jimmy Graham. It's without Bilal Nichols, without Akeem Hicks, without Danny Trevathan and Alec Ogletree and Tayshawn Gibson, guys who made big contributions. You know, and, and when you look at who they're replaced with, some of them are replaced by exciting young talent, and some of them are replaced by you know, young Vern, veteran journeymen who, who may not make NFL teams. So uh, this team, at least going into the season, I don't see how anybody could argue that it is as talented as, let alone more talented than the six-win team last year. Those, that's a great point because as I'm making that argument for an improved Bears team, you do forget about some key pieces that held them together last year in the James Daniels and an Allen Robinson. So that – that's a good one. He's Hub Arkish. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score. All right, we got one more question from the text line. Please feel free to text in 312-644-6767. Gabe and Hub, we are here till 9 o'clock. And this is one that I'm genuinely interested in. It's from the 815. Can the Bears get a first-round pick for Roquan? You know, Gabe, it's you would think so, but but I'm it's not guaranteed, you know, and, and that's – that's what's interesting about what Roquan did yesterday is by his coming out and saying, I want permission to seek a trade or I want to be traded. He's forced to that issue. And if it turns out that nobody's willing to part with a first round pick for him, then how can you possibly justify paying him the money that he's asking for? He just turned 25 years old, you know, and so. I think this is going to be really intriguing to see if there are any serious trade talks, and if so, what the deal might be. Because in the case of Khalil Mack, there's no way that Ryan Poles got fair value for him in a second-round pick and a sixth-round pick next year that's not even worth a six because it's next year. But he was given a pass because of the salary cap space he created. You lose Roquan Smith or trade Roquan Smith, you're getting nothing out of it except whatever the return is. And if you let, you know, take less than a first round pick for a 25 year old who was the eighth overall pick in the draft and has been on two all pro teams, well, then shame on you, you know. And, and so that's why I think minimally, you know, the Bears are going to play hardball here. You know, they're not going to just take any trade that they can find just because that's what Roquan asked for. And so, you know, this next phase is going to be really fascinating. I mean, there's teams out there. 
uh, Dallas and, and Pittsburgh, uh, um, uh, you know, a couple that come right to mind immediately who have a big need there, uh, you know, for a player like Roquan. Uh, there's half a dozen other places where he could be a really interesting fit. Uh, a lot of them have their own cap issues. Um, but let's see if anybody even steps up to the table. You know, let's see if there's any suitors out there. And then we find out. So the answer to the question is, yeah, I, w- I would, to me, fair value at this stage with where you're at is a first and a third. You know, and, and I think that that there could be a team or two out there willing to pay that. Um, but anything less than that, I, I don't know why the Bears would want to deal him, uh, you know, unless they can get more in return. I wouldn't want to get rid of Boquan Smith, but... A first and a third sounds about right. And you mentioned Dallas. I mean, obviously putting him alongside Michael Parsons and, and Van Der Esch, I mean, that would be a formidable linebacking core. Well, well we got tons more to talk about, Hub. I, I'm actually super excited for you to be here because you can answer any question that I have about the Chicago Bears. And we'll do just that. But on the other side of this, we're going to talk a little bit of White Sox before their game starts, what's going on with them. You know, Hub knows, a little, Hub knows his baseball, and he's a Chicago guy, so we get a chance to – to pick his brain about that, and then we'll circle back on some Bears football. We'll do all of that right here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Hub Arcus all the way till 9 o'clock, and we're talking Sox baseball right after this. Gabe Ramirez, Hub Arcus on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. So if this is Tupac and Dr. Dre... California love if if who's hub is he hubs hubs <laughs> hubs Dr. Dre he's the controller of everything I'm just I'm the wild child on the other side I'm Tupac I, I would can, vote hub being Dre for sure yeah 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 he's he's Dre he's the one that got it under control he's the one telling me to calm down I'm the one I'm Tupac going crazy right now it's Gabe Ramirez Hub Arcus right here on 670 the score hub I, I never get to talk to you about baseball Right, we we talk bears all the time, and I love chatting with you about that. But I'm curious, you know, as just a Chicago guy, what's your take on the state of Chicago baseball? (laughs) Like, 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 do you feel like when you see the let's let's start with let's start with the Sox because obviously that's the more competitive team right now that they have a chance. Do when you see when you just hear about them, are you saying to yourself like, gosh, they're missing an opportunity right now? Or do you feel like it's just the White Sox? It's more of the same that we've seen over the last decade or so. Well, no, it's definitely not more of the same that we've seen over the last decade or so. I mean, when you look at the basically rebuild that Rick Hahn did, you know, and, and the amount of young talent still on this baseball team uh, with a nice blend of veteran talent to work with them and, and still the incredible, you know, leadership of, of Jose Abreu. And, you know, you got Lance Lynn not having a great Lance Lynn year, but at least, a, you know, a, an anchor for your rotation with the young pitchers. Uh, you see how Dylan Cease is arriving. Um, and then you look at the number of guys who've either been hurt or simply are having off years. Um, I think it leads to the current level of frustration. Uh, but I, I, I can't imagine that White Sox fans aren't still you know, pretty pleased about where the organization is at right now, at least in, com- in comparison to where it was a couple of years ago. And with the window you know, wide open probably for the next, next couple few years, I uh, gave the one thing, and I've talked about it on the air. I, I just, I'm sorry. I know why it happened. I understand the relationship. I understand it's Jerry Reinsdorf's baseball team, and he can do whatever he wants. 
But from the second I heard that there was even a possibility that they were hiring Tony La Russa, um, you know, and, and no discredit or, or no throwing stones at a Hall of Fame career, but but he's he's I don't see how he can be the right guy for this team, you know, <laughs> and um, and and it it kind of continues to seem it's not you know like it's terrible, but it seems to get a little bit worse every couple of weeks when something new happens, you know, so. Um, I would like to see them get through the season and, and however it ends, short of a World Series championship, just acknowledge reality and get the right current young manager for this baseball team. I think it could make a big difference. But, you know, Gabe, here's the big part. They're, they're three games down in the loss column. I mean, thank God they're in the AFC Central, you know, <laughs> because all you got to do is, is get hot, you know, second half of August, September. You go into the playoffs on a roll with all that talent. You get a couple of these starting pitchers back closer to where you expect them to be. I'm not ready to write this year off at all. I agree with you. You know, they're just a game and a half out, despite the roller coaster ride that is the Chicago White Sox. But, I, Hub, it's me. I'm the fan you're talking about. And I got to be honest, I, you know, I look at the organization and I think the fans themselves are the ones that created the expectation. I think last year, a lot of people were saying that they were a year early in their, in their, in their progression. And, you know, the window itself, the true World Series window, wasn't supposed to start until 2023. So, you know, after the success they had last year, it, you know, looking at 2022, it was almost as if, Again, the fans were looking at these players and saying, well, we got, you know, Luis Robert. We have Eloy Jimenez. We have Jose Abreu, Moncada, Tim Anderson, Grandal. This team as a whole should be one that can compete easily. But as we know in baseball, or not even in baseball, just in professional sports, every other team is trying to do the exact same thing. So no one's going to just hand you the AL Central or hand you a playoff berth or hand you the ALCS and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys got the best team on paper. No, you have to actually go out there and play. And I think that's the disconnect. And I think it alludes to what you were talking about a second ago. The manager is the one that needs to put you in that position to be successful. And I didn't like the hire either. I didn't think it necessarily fit with the White Sox organization. But, you know, they are where they're at right now. And it's going to be interesting because the fact of the matter is they're still only a game and a half out. So, uh, it, it's unfortunate that they've been splitting these series with teams that are sub 500 because it really ultimately says that that's who the White Sox are, it's a team that hovers around that space. Yeah, I, I think it's what it says for now, but I got to tell you, Gabe, I, I don't think there is a team in Major League Baseball that if you offer to trade rotations tomorrow, I mean, Dylan Cease to me is the front runner for the AL Cy Young now, you know, and, you know, you look at Lucas Giolito, who certainly has had his struggles and, you know, you would have hoped to have had more than 11 and 14 starts from Lance Lynn and Johnny Cueto. But, but you're going to tell me that there's a team out there that wouldn't love to have Cease, Giolito, Kopech, Cueto, and Lynn as their starting rotation. You're right. Uh, you know, and, and, uh, you know, Liam Hendricks has not been the lockdown that you would expect, but but he still has 23 saves, you know. And, and um, uh, you know, I think middle relief obviously uh, set up guys that uh, they can get a little better there. And then you get back, uh, you know, as far as going around the diamond, um, when they're healthy, they can put a scary bat in every position in the lineup. And so we've seen teams like this before that, that, that they muddle around. I'm talking about White Sox or Cubs teams, but the teams in general that for whatever reason, they, they muddle around and then there, there, there's an accelerator. Something happens. There's an event. And, and all of a sudden, everybody starts playing well together. And uh, I, I know as a, as a you know fanatic, over-the-top, dyed-in-the-wool Cubs fan, 
I couldn't be more jealous of where the White Sox are at right now in terms of the future. And so um, I know everybody, you know, Sox fans wanted it to be this year. You know, let's win the World Series this year. That hope isn't gone. But even if it doesn't happen, uh, you know, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater here. I think there's just a few things that need to be tinkered with, and, and, and they should be a, a consistent contender the next few years. Yeah, last year towards the end of the season, it was injuries to Eloy and Luis Robert and the guys that were able to step up in that moment that really propelled them into the playoffs. And then you look at this year and you're wondering, you know, when are those guys going to step up? But they, they have the, the, the potential and the ability to do so. So it's going to be interesting. And I think you're right. It's about that. It's about that moment. What is going to be the one thing that sparks the Chicago White Sox? And I, and it's odd to say because he's one of their best players, but I do think Tim Anderson being out of the lineup is going to do something to the team where people feel like they're going to need to shoulder majority of that brunt. And I think that when you got guys like AJ Pollock stepping into the one spot in place of Tim Anderson, he's going to play better. Other guys are going to feel that pressure. And I'm I'm hoping I'm 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 the optimistic I'm I'm the hopeful Sox fan that feels those could be those things because because you're right they need something and it hasn't happened yet Hub so hopefully they'll be able to do that. Gabe, it's so funny because as you're saying that I'm sitting here thinking I'm getting ready to give you an answer. I can't explain why, and I don't even know if it'll be on the field or off the field, but I do have this feel that Tim Anderson feeling that Tim Anderson's the guy who's going to spark it. I, I just I love for, it. For, for some reason, I'm married to that idea. I, I just really impressed by the young man. When you think about what the expectations were for him when they first brought him up and what they thought the ceiling was going to be and, and, and how far he has exceeded that and, and, and I think is capable of doing it for a period of time, if he can you know, stay healthy, you know, avoid the silly, the suspension, I don't think it was really his fault. It was his fault, but you know, it's not like he did anything horrible. Right. He just he got excited. Uh, but if he can get and stay on the field and stay in the lineup consistently, play the way he's capable of, I, I could see him being the guy that kind of sparked this whole thing. And then the other guy is Eloy Jimenez. I mean, it just it makes me sick as a Cubs fan to realize that Eloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease <laughs> went in the same trade, you know, you know? And, and by the way, I said it when they did it. You can probably find okay, the tape good, somewhere good. in the vault. Um, but good for the White Sox. You know, they 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 won that one. You know, that, that was just a, an embarrassment, uh, how bad yeah. they beat the Cubs up on that one. And, and, you know, you're talking about those three guys with that kind of talent. Um, you, you just light them on fire. Cease is already on fire. Uh, they could easily spur a real hot streak in September. Desperate times call for desperate measures, Hub, and that's where the Cubs were in in that moment to make that trade. But you know what? There's there's some there's somebody else that's in desperate times, and that is the Chicago Bears with this Roquan Smith issue. And Hub and I are going to continue to talk about it. We want to hear from Ryan Poles what he had to say, even Darnell Mooney talked about the Roquan Smith issue. We're going to play audio from those two gentlemen on the other side. Don't go anywhere. I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Hub Arkish all the way till 9 o'clock right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. 
MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 